This is New York's Asset Protection Roundtable with Ted Alatsis of Alatsis Law Firm. Our mission at Alatsis Law Firm is to assist you with the three pillars of protection, preserving your assets, providing you help, and protecting your future. Well, welcome in to New York's Asset Protection Roundtable, a three pillars of protection program. I'm Ben George. He's Ted Alatsis over at the Alatsis Law Firm, and we've got a good show today, Ted. We're, we're kind of getting into the basics as we've launched this show and really going through some really essential stuff. And, and I think this topic is going to be perfect because we're going to go through five essential documents that you need as part of a comprehensive estate plan. And I guess, you know, no matter who you are, what your situation is, because everybody's situation is going to be very different and very unique. But no matter who you are, this is information you need to know. Absolutely, Ben. I'm looking forward to talking about this stuff. Well, good. How's everything going over in the office before we jump into everything? Well, it's been it's been really good, really busy and uh, you know, trying to help people. And fortunately, we've been able to do that for a lot of people. And uh, we look forward to continue doing that. Very good. Well, you can find everything online at alatsislawfirm.com. And you can also call him directly at 718-233-2903. All right. So we're going to jump into the five different essential documents here. So again, no matter what your situation is, you want to always, it's best if you work with an estate planning attorney, an experienced estate planning attorney. But no matter what, these are five essential documents that everyone needs, no matter what your age is, how much money you bring in, how many assets you might have, or you know what your family situation actually is. So let's begin with the healthcare power of attorney, Ted. So explain what it is and then again, why it's important. Absolutely. So a healthcare power of attorney um, or a healthcare proxy, which is what you know, it's more commonly known as here in New York is a legal document that sets forth authority to some other person other than yourself to make medical decisions for you when you can't make envision or think about the situation where, you know, you know, God forbid you're, you're stuck in the hospital and um, you're unconscious and a procedure needs to take place or um, you know, some sort of uh, treatment needs to, to be effectuated and the doctors have no one to sign off on that treatment because they, they can't speak to you about consent. The healthcare power of attorney or the healthcare proxy would be the one to make that decision for you because you've delegated that authority to them to do that. So that that's essentially what it is. Okay. And this is something, again, I mean, I think a lot of people have heard about it. Um, I don't know how many people have it in place. Is it something commonly when somebody comes to you, they have in place already, or is this something typically that people don't do unless they're working with someone? Well, so a lot of times what happens, you know, in New York is if um, you end up in the hospital and you don't have one, um, someone at the hospital will try to get someone to sign off uh, or have you sign off on someone so that the hospital has somebody they can speak to in the event that they need it. Um, So a lot of times what happens is that people have done that and they haven't really given it much thought. It's whoever's there sometimes, um, you know, whoever the first family member to appear on the scene might be. So so a lot of times what happens when, when clients come in to see us that's among the first things that we ask them about is, well, who, who do you trust to make those medical decisions for you in the event you can't? Um, and so a lot of people do have it when they come in, but sometimes they are changing it when they do come in, or we, you know, we tailor it to be more specific to their specific situations and specific wishes. That's, that's generally what happens. Okay. So the first document you want to make sure you have as part of your comprehensive estate plan is the healthcare power of attorney. All right, next one on our list here, the living will, the advanced directive. Explain this one. So uh, you know, a living will is not what a lot of people think it is, right? So a lot of times what happens is people come in here, they're they're asking for a living will and they, what they're really asking for is a trust. 
um, or a last will and testament. And that's really not what it is. A living will is, or advanced directive, that's another good name for it, uh, or a DNR, do not resuscitate order. Um, essentially, the living will is a care plan. It's, um, I, it's a specific set of instructions when certain specific circumstances occur that you've already you know, said in advance, this is what you want to happen. Um, the most common scenario is the situation where you're on some sort of life support machinery, um, artificial respiration, artificial heartbeat, that type of thing. And you have predetermined in advance that you do not want that type of care to take place. Or if you are getting that type of care, let it be as palliative as possible without being as without being one of those situations where you're um, just extending life for no reason beyond the, a certain amount of quality, right? So the person who signs or does a living will is, has basically predetermined that they don't want to be in a situation where they're in a vegetative state or they're in a state where there is no hope of recovery. Um, they don't want to prolong that agony for their family, for themselves. And so they predetermined, uh, do not resuscitate. Let me, let me die in peace, uh, for lack of a better term. Yeah, it feels like this is one that probably most people don't want to think about, right? I mean, this is kind of the extreme scenario. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about a lot of our uh, listeners will probably remember there was a case back in the early 2000s uh, involving a woman named Terry Schiavo in, in, um, in Florida, right? And she didn't have neither the healthcare proxy nor the living will in place. And so as a result, her spouse had one set of wishes for her and her parents had a separate set of wishes. And because those uh, interests were counter to each other, they were in court for a long period of time until eventually the, the court basically said it was the spouse who had who had the right to make that determination as to what was going to happen with with her with her condition and her treatment. Yeah, I remember that case. I, that's a name that I think a lot of, sticks with a lot of people that were, you know, at least have were maybe in their teens or even 20s. I was a little bit younger at that time, but I, I, still one of those cases that that name just resonates with you and how that all that case just played out in the news. So kind of if you remember that and familiar with it at all, you'll, you'll, you'll understand why it's so important to have that living will. All right. So those are the first two power of attorney. Power of attorney is one I think a lot of people at least are familiar with, you know, beyond the healthcare power of attorney, there's a property and financial power of attorney. So how is this one different? I guess with the name, there's two different areas you're focused on here, but can one power of attorney, I guess, cover both or are they specific to different areas? So the, the formalities with a power of attorney in New York are very different than those for a healthcare proxy. So they, they can be interchangeable if the durable or the financial power of attorney has specific delegation of authority for that in it. However, the, other, the, the reverse can't be true. So the healthcare proxy can't make financial decisions unless it meets certain criteria. So the financial power of attorney is a much broader, much more tailored document that can deal specifically with financial and should deal uh, almost specifically with financial aspects um, of a person's life. So that relates to say, you know, filing, uh, managing banking decisions, filing claims, um, handling insurance uh, applications, um, tax matters, things of that nature. Um, and they can be tailored specifically to the you know, types of things that you want um, your agent to handle. Um, they don't have to be broad, but they can be very specific. Okay. And I mean, it, this one seems, again, I know these are all very essential, but this seems like one that you definitely want to have buttoned up. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, a lot of people don't realize that you know, how, how many things they actually do 
uh, on a day-to-day basis that require their authority um, and their specific authority. So if you're not a type, the type of person who has a setup where everything is done online and all your banking is completely isolated to on- online transactions and you don't ever write a check and you don't ever uh, pay bills by you know, going to a, a bank and, and, and paying a, you know, a creditor directly or anything like that, if you, you're completely set up where you're, it's entirely passive and you don't do anything like that, then you know, maybe you don't need a power return. But most people don't live their life like that. And there is at least something, whether it's a rental payment that gets paid by check or if it's a mortgage payment or um, insurance claims or tax forms or anything like that, there is usually some sort of personal interaction. And so when you have that going on, you do need someone to be able to step in when you're unable to do that for yourself. If you become incapacitated, you become injured, you become you're stuck in the hospital for two months. You know, someone needs to be able to do that for you because otherwise, you know, when you get out of the hospital, you know, you face other problems that you didn't think of before. So having someone in place to manage those types of affairs really makes a lot of sense. Okay, so that's the property and financial power of attorney. All right, what about the HIPAA release and and waiver? Uh, anybody that uh, has been in, involved in any kind of health situation is familiar with the HIPAA uh, rules and regulations that are in place. But what does this release and waiver allow someone to do, and why do you need to have this in place? Yeah, so I mean, at the end of the day, if your healthcare agent doesn't have access to the medical records, then if the healthcare agent needs assistance in trying to come up with a a care plan and wants to get a second opinion or wants to have another doctor look at it um, or you know wants to file an insurance claim for you or something of that nature without that HIPAA release and it's going to be very hard for them to be able to get those records for the you know the appropriate professionals to, to review. So having a healthcare proxy without the HIPAA release is sort of uh, it's hamstringing that that proxy. Um, it prevents them from necessarily getting all the appropriate information that they're going to need. Um, so that they can make an informed decision about your care. Um, but it also, you know, assists in the, in, in, like I said, the processing of insurance claims and things of that nature. So, you know, it's important to have that HIPAA release uh, and waiver in there as well. So just because you have the healthcare power of attorney in place doesn't mean they have access to everything they need. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Uh, last one. And this is the one I know if anybody thinks about, hey, I, I need to have an estate plan in place. They think about immediately the will and the living trust. Um, so this is the last one on our list. And obviously this, I think for most people is going to resonate the most. Hey, this is what I have to have. But again, this is one of those essential documents that everyone needs. Yeah, that, that, that's right. And, and when people come in, you know, we, we talk about estate planning, not just with uh, specific documents, but with a, a sort of a, a whole approach. And so the other documents we all mentioned, the healthcare proxy, the living will, the financial power of attorney, the HIPAA releases, those are all um, ancillary documents to you know, the, the main event, so to speak, which is the, the either the will or the trust, but they're really essential documents. So they're really not that ancillary. And, and frankly, it kind of completes the entire package. Um, the will is, you know, your, it's your expression of what it is that you want your, your estate to go and, and where you want it to go when you're gone, right? So, um, you know, that's an important, it's a fundamental document if you, if you don't want to do anything more complicated or more, um, more direct. Um, the living trust is essentially the will, but avoids the, the perils of pro- probate, which we've discussed on, on prior programs before. And that is that essentially the, the process of proving a will, going to court is, a, is an essential element of that. 
which leads to delays, it leads, it leads to challenges. And so to avoid those, the living trust is, the, is an option that um, is probably better in terms of, of planning your estate. But again, it, it depends that these aren't all one size fits all documents. And so, you know, what we want to do is kind of, you know, tailor the plan to the appropriate, um, to the appropriate situation. Yeah. And if you want to get more information on the differences between the will and the living trusts, again, you can visit us online, alatsislawfirm.com and uh, subscribe to the, po- the podcast. Go back through the feed and you'll find more information. And I know we'll dive into it more as we move forward as well, but it's just one piece of that puzzle. And these are five uh, essential documents. When, when somebody comes in to, to meet with you, Ted, for the first time and they're looking to build an estate plan, are these, is this kind of a checklist you go off of here? Is there more to it? You know, how, how deep does the process go? Absolutely. Uh, you know, when, when client comes in, the first thing we're looking at is, is trying to get uh, a sense of what's going on in the family and what exactly it is that they're looking to accomplish by coming to us. And then, you know, we do go through these documents um, with the understanding that if we're going to prepare a plan for them, that that plan is going to include all of these documents in one form or another, if they've come in already with documents that they already have, say a healthcare proxy, which is, as I mentioned, common, um, or a living will, you know, which is also, you know, common, you know, we then we'll make sure that those documents meet the rest of the plan, or at least coincide with the rest of the plan so that they all kind of fit together. Think, think of it as a, as a puzzle with varying pieces. They're, they're all pieces of it. And, um, you know, leaving, leaving a piece of the puzzle out of the puzzle kind of leaves up a gaping hole and you never actually see what the actual end product is. And so these documents are all part of that puzzle. You want to have that complete puzzle. And that's why you work with an experienced estate planning attorney like Ted over at the Alatsis Law Firm. Again, you can find them online, alatsislawfirm.com. That's A-L-A-T-S-A-S lawfirm.com. You can also call them directly at 718 718- Two three three two nine zero three, And when you're on the website, it's very simple. There's a lot of great resources there too, if you want to learn more, but there's also that contact us link at the very top, right? Just click schedule an appointment and you can hop on his calendar and get that process started again. No matter what your situation is, you're going to want to have these documents in place and you want to have them done correctly by someone that does this every single day. So very important to know these and have these. So if you don't have these on your list, reach out to Ted and uh, begin that process as well. So anything else you want to add, Ted, before we close it up? Um, no, but well, actually I do have one thing and that is essentially that, you know, when, whatever your ultimate decision is, whether you're going with a living trust or a, a will, understand that the other documents that we mentioned, the healthcare proxy, living will, power of attorney, HIPAA release, those are the essential elements of every estate plan, whatever your, your ultimate plan is. And they are probably the least expensive of all the documents that go into putting together an estate plan. And so, you know, while they're the least expensive and probably the easiest to prepare, um, they probably are the most personal decisions you're going to be making because they are the ones that are going to relate to the people who you're going to trust the most with your health, with your finances, um, with your estate. And so it is not uncommon that whoever it is that you're going to pick to be either the proxy or the power of attorney or your agent, um, that person is likely to be your executor, likely to be the one you're going to trust the most. So just understand that that's, that's kind of the interplay here with all these documents. 
Very good. Well, we do appreciate you listening to this edition of New York's Asset Protection Roundtable, a three pillars of protection program. Please subscribe to the show, too. We'll have uh, plenty of conversation around this. And if you want to learn more or know someone that wants to learn more about estate planning and is going through that process, please point them in our direction. We'd appreciate it. The whole goal of this podcast is to help educate you and, and make you more aware of what's happening in this space and so that you're more comfortable with the process and make sure that your estate plan is buttoned up as well. All right, Ted, thank you for your time today. And thank you for listening to this episode of New York's Asset Protection Roundtable. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you, Ben. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.